That's not the tune at all. <laughs> no, that, but that's maybe that should be the tune. <laughs> uh, welcome, folks, to the episode five. Is it Baron? Episode five. Episode five of that reminds me of. So what are we? Um, what have we watched, Baron von Hoffman? So this week we watched *The Lighthouse* by Robert Eggers, who you would know from *The Witch* a couple of years back. Actually, I think it was around 2016. He made a film called *The Witch*, won a lot of awards, was critically acclaimed. Was very unusual for a horror film in that he had taken this language from books from the 1600s. I think it was. Is that is that right? For for the witch. For the witch, and he had he had taken that old dialogue and brought it into a modern script, and so a lot of it was actually really hard to understand. Did you see that at the at the time, like in the cinema? I did. Yeah, yeah. And what did you think? I loved it. I I really enjoyed the boldness of that choice. Mm. and the way the film was put together. And there's a lot in there that you might not, that people might not like and that is questionable or that leaves a lot of questions for the audience to try and figure out for themselves. The language is a, is a barrier. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's a bold vision and it's done really, really well. So I just went along for the ride. It was otherworldly, wasn't it? It, it was, was like something you, you, go, you went in and saw it and uh, you you didn't know what to make of it and you're trying to work it out throughout and you don't get that experience with um, Bad Boys for Life and other films, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's kind of the opposite of Bad Boys for Life somehow. Yeah, you have no idea what you're going to get going in. And when you leave, you don't know what you just saw either, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is- And which, Bad Boys, you know, you, you know both, both you, the start and the finish. You know exactly what you just <laughs> saw and you're kind of disappointed. <laughs> So we've moved straight into the witch. Is that is that a sensible thing to do? Should we probably not? Should we um should we start with the lighthouse? Let's start with the <laughs> film itself, the lighthouse. Okay. Well, I guess we we did have baggage, you know, of the witch, so we knew what this guy was capable of. Yes, um, and and we'd both character. seen the trailer. We'd both seen the trailer and and been. Uh, well, I can't speak for you, but I was a little bit. Um, you know, weirded out by it. And I thought this is going to be a full on art house flick. Yeah. It's in four by th- uh, three by four for some reason. It's black yeah. and white, um, but it's got two great actors in it and it looks interesting. I was pulled in straight away, but I knew that I wasn't in for an easy watch. Yes, that's right. So you you weren't like, um, I wanted to have it ticked off to, you know, say, yes, I've, I've watched that, but I wasn't necessarily looking forward to it because I thought it would be hard. Yes. Uh, and it, in many ways it was, but I reservedly really liked it. So I've, I have, you know, thoughts both ways, but for the most part, I loved it. I'm in the same boat. Um, so I, uh, you know, I love a horror film. This is an unusual horror film, but it's a very good horror film. I think. Is it? Is it a horror film? I think it's a horror film, but that's up for debate. So we can. Mm. That's definitely something we can we can get into. Uh, but it's a. Um, it's it's a it's an unusual hypnotic hallucinogenic uh, <laughs> just trippy ride and it's very surreal. You don't know what is and what isn't at any given moment, uh, and that really plays into it in a big way. The, the whole experience 
Um, so like, I, I think whether or not you love all of it, you have to admire that this director has gone for that vision fully. Well, I did anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and like with, with the, I I forced us off the witch topic, but now I feel like maybe we've introduced it a little. We can start talking about the yeah, witch absolutely. Again. Why not? Um, the witch left. I, I loved it all the way through, um, and then I was a bit disappointed with the with the ending. It seemed of like there was all this stuff. the witch. You're still talking about the, the witch? witch? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I totally agree. Yeah, this intricate sort of mesh of themes and performances and uh, stuff and things not said and mystery. Tell us about the um, ending. Tell us what happens because we, you know, it's um, this is a spoiler. We're going to do it, but jump in because I think mm. unless you sort of delve into it, it's hard to understand. So, the ending of the witch. What what the, about it was disappointing? The ending of the witch. Perhaps it's perhaps it's just that the the wonderful thing about the film throughout was kind of the mystery and you don't know what could happen and maybe it's just a bit disappointing when ends are tied up some not that they really were but she so ultimately this the young girl who is kind of one of the main protagonists if not the main one in the in the film she's her her younger siblings are saying she's a witch all the time she and we think she's not really and then at the at the end she basically goes off naked into the woods and joins the witches um, and then they like float off into the sky or something, right? Is that have I yeah. still got that memory right? <laughs> yes, I think that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't I, rewatch I it of, for this episode, but yeah, that ending was out there. Hmm. I, I love a bit of magic realism too. So I, yeah, I typically love that floating off to the sky moment. But magical realism is one thing, um, and I think this isn't exactly that because you're actually just sort of uh, pulled into the forest in this instance to hmm. believe everything that happens in front of you. You know. Yeah. So it, he's playing it straight. You're getting, you're seeing everyone float off into the sky, and that's just what you. That's just the end of the film. Take that yeah, away. That's, see that's what, right. See what you see. What you think about that, people? You know. <laughs> and she wasn't a witch all up until then, and she sort yeah. of caved in. Unless it, she was. Um, it was almost like that was her decision moment. Mm. That was almost like the 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 arc of the tragedy. She just goes off and becomes a witch. Yeah, and that's I, I think that it, it's worth talking about that because I feel that I had the. That the lighthouse did much the same thing for me. It yeah. kind of uh, just got me all through, you know, in a in beautiful knots of the storyline and the character, the the characters um, working off each other. Uh, and maybe it's just that I didn't want that feeling to end, and I didn't want it. I didn't want an ending or a twist or anything like that. I just wanted it to to hang. Yeah, and I and I. Th- I think when a film has so much magic woven into it and there's so much depth in terms of like there's a lot of mythology woven through it mm. and there's a lot of amazing imagery that you're seeing and and magical little moments and moments of extreme horror that then turn into a revelation, you want an ending that's going to pay that all off. And yeah. the ending of this film leaves you with more questions than you, than you came in with, you know, like it, you end up just sitting there as the credits roll going, what just happened? What was that last image? What does that mean? What? Okay, then you're working mm. your way through the film. What have I seen? How does this all piece together? <laughs> you know. And, and Tell me about the last image in the lighthouse. It's the character played by Robert Patterson uh, lying on the rocks getting mm. his um, his organs pecked out by, by, Al- yeah. by seabirds and 
uh, we can talk a bit more about that because that's part of the mythology that's woven yeah. into the film. Um, but the ending well, seems so sudden because it goes from him basically finally making it to the top of the lighthouse and being and <laughs> absorbing this 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 thing that's been you know held from him this secret in the light. And then the next thing you see is on the beach getting demolished yeah. by birds and you have to, that, that's it. Make of that what you will, you know, <laughs> seems to be a, a Robert Eggers special to do that move on you. Yeah, I think it does. And I think it's a, a Robert Eggers being the, he's almost like a film student, but an awesome film student. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, no, no. Uh, that's incredible. Do yes. I mean a film student? Like no, I mean I know what making you mean. films. Yeah. Um, but but, but they're, student, like- they're student films, but they just, on crack student films they're great yeah it, it that's that's exactly right oh what if we wove this into that yeah. and it had all this meaning and every yeah. image was like you know a visual essay and it was so full of meaning and then <laughs> and then but let's not give, let's not make an ending ha ah, guys yeah. that'll that'll get them but there'll be no ending and then they'll have to think about every image and it'll do their heads in and there is no meaning that's the yeah. real kicker you know <laughs> yeah and and we'll, we'll say that in interviews we'll say that there's no meaning but then we'll kind of hint <laughs> yeah. um hint towards there actually being some meaning that we're maybe, well aware of maybe there's a deeper meaning you should watch it again <laughs> yeah. pay, pay the 5.99 watch it again you might that's find right. the meaning this time if you're smart enough <laughs> if you've yeah. read the same books that we've read Yes, yeah, <laughs> which everyone should have read. Oh, yeah, 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 Sisyphus, yep. Sisyphian stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Greek mythology and all that thing stuff, which actually, Kim, uh, you've probably yes. read those books. You probably have read all the things that they reference. Uh, well, I'm peeking a bit in my microphone, so apologies, viewers. Is it okay to turn me turn it <laughs> down a do. bit, Baron? Please do. <laughs> Hello. This is Hello. The, speaking of Sisyphian. <laughs> this is this is Sisyphean. Yes. <laughs> what a terrible uh, thing to have to say, by the way. Let's never say Sisyphean again. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be too lispy. Um, okay, I was adjusting it the wrong way, so I was putting it up instead of down. Ah, okay, cool. Okay, hey, so we're getting there. Maybe this is a good time to apologise for last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, hey. viewers, I, I sincerely apologise if you got through episode four with my tinny voice. Um, we really. Um, are very grateful to have you back. <laughs> Look, I think this is an this is an episode four, five, six, seven challenge. You know, we just yep. just all the little things, the microphones, the technology, <laughs> getting our little tweaks were happening. There's going to be some stumbles. Yeah, that's all right. Should we talk mythology? Sure. Hey, you know what we haven't done though? We haven't actually talked about the, what you know. We haven't uh-huh. done us. We haven't done a synopsis, and I don't think we should both do a synopsis this time. I'm I'm choosing you to do one, Doc. Oh no. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, well, why don't why don't I get halfway through and stumble, and then you can and I'll um, jump in, and then you can you can jump in. Sounds good. Okay, the lighthouse is a story of two men, one old, one young, who uh, go to a lighthouse on a very small island to be lightkeepers for a set amount of time. I think it's two weeks. And during that two weeks, they find out a lot about themselves, about each other, uh, and have a descent into madness. Um, you're, you you take over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So descent, yeah, descent into madness. Um, there's a lot of um, mermaid, uh, sexy mermaid dreams going on, and yeah. dreams from the past. Uh, 
and a lot of identity questions the whole way through this film. Who are these yes. two men? What are their past? What are that? What does that mean now in this little enchanted island that they're on? Um, and then, have you mentioned that there was a storm that closed them in? You did, didn't you? No, I didn't. Okay, so there was I a feel, storm. I feel that was a failed synopsis. I don't know whether we need a redo or do we just we'll 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 let's, run with it. Let's just roll on. You know, it's <laughs> fine. So there was a storm that uh, that was triggered because you're not meant to kill seabirds because that's they're basically fallen um, sailors and that's bad luck. And yeah. uh, Robert Pattinson's character is just so plagued by this one seabird that won't leave him alone that one day he just kills it out of just sheer rage in a really brutal like feels like it's a two minute long bird killing scene and um then the storm comes in and the guys are trapped there for it feels like months but who knows how long it is yeah uh, and while this happens they start to grade on each other <laughs> a lot and um the mermaid uh plagues the young man's dreams and the old man is jealously guarding the secret of the light at the top of the lighthouse and that causes a fight and then before you know it Robert Patterson's characters on a journey, a mission to take out the old man and get to the top of the lighthouse, see <laughs> whatever's in the light and be redeemed somehow or receive the glory of the light. And that all just goes terribly wrong. I mean, he gets there, but it's it's awful <laughs> what happens that, along the way. That's a beautifully um, concluded synopsis um, based on my very shaky start. <laughs> cool. But I think we can take up that that Robert Pattinson, Pattinson, isn't it? Pat, Pattinson. Pattinson, I think you're right. Pattinson. Yeah. Um, his journey, his quest to the top of the lighthouse, to the light, is his kind quest of to the light. where his quest to the light. His search for knowledge, his search, you know, for the for the meaning, for yes. technological solutions to everything, to several things, is where one of the main um, mythological kind of references comes in. I don't know much about it, but the Prometheus mm. is the chap. Um, I don't know. Was he a god? I think he was a titan. One of those gods. He was one of the titans. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, a son of a son of Zeus. Son of Zeus. Aren't is that we right? all? Yeah, that's true. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not good on the family trees or on the on the levels of you know you got you got all these levels of gods and they get sort of less godly. As they go down. Yeah, yeah. I read a book um, called Circe recently. That was great. And Cersei she was Lannister. No, but yes, same. I think. I think the same spelling. I don't know. Um, no, she was the famous witch that uh -huh. was exiled to the island, and she. And so you get a little bit of the family tree in that because she's the sort of whatever mm. that the, the, there's gods, there's the children, and then there's almost like the ones that don't have any power. They're nymphs or something or yeah. whatever she's one of them and she's pretty she's pretty lame until she starts learning witchcraft and then she becomes pretty badass it's like it's it's, it's a great book uh speaking of speaking of reading i'm reading the iliad are you homer that's intense <laughs> i've just started wow um, is that is that a, is that a slog or is it entertaining well no it, it'll be a slog so i'm i'm actually <laughs> when i say i've started i'm on the introduction so <laughs> yeah. uh, but the introduction is bloody fascinating so I'm hoping that it lives up to it. Um, wow. But it's quite an odyssey, which will then be the next, that's the next book. You're going to do that as well? Odyssey. Hey? Are you, are you going to follow up with that? Are you going to do it? Yes, yeah. You're going to keep I'm going? i do the whole thing. I just I just thought so much of, you know, uh, everything is based on these myths. 
it's a good idea, man. You kind of need it for just your your base understanding of things and to to be able to watch a Robert Eggers film <laughs> and then make make sense of what he's trying to. Well, that's exactly what I was with. thinking. It's a perfect segue back into Robert Eggers and his film, <laughs> The Lighthouse. But yes, it's so laden with mythology and it seems mm. he's just he just this is just something he loves he likes to take the language from a certain time period he yeah. likes to take the mythology from a time period and make a film that feels kind of true to that even if it is a horror mm. film where it's got magic in it you could make an argument that it's wanky but he does it well and he, he makes yeah. it work well, well it is wanky but like you know, we all are that like all oh, this film nonsense it's so <laughs> true you can That's only true. criticize so much you know what I found particularly wanky about it, though, was the mm. four by the choice to make it four by three format. I just don't understand why people do that these days. I, yeah, I bought into that. Did you? Um, why? Yeah, I thought. Well, I, I just thought that it. Um, well, first of all, it, it just gives it that otherworldly, old time feel. It does, but it also um, adds to the claustrophobia of the whole feeling. Like they're virtually trapped in a lighthouse, and they're also trapped in the frame. I thought about that. I was I was wondering if that was part of the choice um, because, of course, one thing to do that makes a great horror is that sense of claustrophobia mm. and what is outside of the frame as opposed as opposed to what you're seeing in the frame. But yeah. at the same time, this film isn't it isn't really a monster film. So I don't I don't know about that. No, one. I don't think that worked for it. It didn't. Yeah, what you just described as the being the reasons or the the, the out of the frame stuff in a horror film. Yeah. There was virtually none of that from memory. I, I just think it's the the whole suffocating feel for the the viewer. Yeah. To kind of feel a bit trapped and feel short of space. Sure. Yeah. Um, which so so I thought black and white. I can go for that. That's and it was beautifully shot, which is where this, yeah. the the uh, cinematography nomination for the at the Oscars came from. I just I didn't buy the four by three. I just I felt like everybody is going to see this film on a 16 by 9 screen <laughs> and they're all going to have these annoying black bars on the side of their screen yeah. and that's how I felt about it I was annoyed by those black bars I wanted to see I wanted to see the full frame and be immersed <laughs> be immersed in it more I used to work in a call center uh, for Foxtel <laughs> and the number of people when we were just making the transition to uh, widescreen TVs and everyone would would call up whinging that there were black bars on there on the television and you know what their money back so i'm so that's accustomed, hilarious so accustomed to kind of explaining that no you the the tv will just put black bars wherever there's not meant to be anything yeah yeah um, exactly so just, you know don't take it too seriously so <laughs> i feel like i need to tell you that too <laughs> oh no but it was robert eggers that put the black bars there not the tv yeah yeah no, no fair fair comeback <laughs> prometheus Prometheus and we started and on Prometheus, but I think the the do you know much about that that yeah, particular myth from Circe? So oh, okay. you get the little history of Prometheus in that book. Ah, um, that he gave he gave a gift to the humans. He was punished, and it involved him being having his you know guts pecked out, or his kidneys, or his mm. livers, or something eaten by seabirds every day, or a seabird. I can't I can't remember the exact yeah. details. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, and it was funny when I was watching the film. I didn't immediately think about that. Just didn't click. Didn't click for me. Um, I had to. I had to do a little bit of research afterwards to get some of the the meanings tied together for me. Yeah. Did it? Did it occur to you straight away? 
Oh, look, it, it, I had very surface level knowledge of it, but I knew the I knew the stuff about him going for the light or whatever you know that he was looking for the knowledge and then punished yeah. for it and was had birds feeding on him. Um, so I, yes, I it, I got it straight away, and then that started making me think. Oh, was it? You know, what else don't I know about that whole story that perhaps could change my reading of the whole thing? Yeah. Um, and what about uh, uh, apparently the other myth uh, in there is is Proteus? Did that occur no, to you? Do you know anything about that? No, I heard that it is, but I don't know anything. Yeah, anything about it. So basically, what Eggers is saying is the two characters, mm. um, Defoe is Proteus, and um, Pattinson is Prometheus. Yeah, I heard and that. And they thought they'd chuck them on an island together. <laughs> Predator versus alien stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See <laughs> see how that played out. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, so I, all of that went over my head at the time, but what I did pick up strongly on was the whole identity theme yeah. running through it, which I thought was brilliant and, and handled really well. And also the two two actors, particularly Willem Dafoe, I mean, he just mm. destroyed this script. He did such a great job. It was felt like it was written for him. This whole film felt like it was written for him as a vehicle for Willem Dafoe to destroy. Triton, hark! Bellow, bid our father, the Sea King, rise from the depths full, foul in his fury. Black waves teeming with salt foam to smother this young mouth with punch and slime. He's an intoxicating actor, isn't he? Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. I saw it with Edie and, and, and she's um she was like... So, so one, she doesn't love black and white films as a, to start with, and then, she, and then when you put two guys that you know they're sort of they're both particularly in this film quite grisly looking, and Willem Dafoe mm. is anyway like he's got a he's got a incredible face, but you know <laughs> I don't know if you'd want to wake up next to him in the morning. Um, but when she when she was watching, she was like, "Oh, it's black and white, and they're both so ugly. Come on." <laughs> she finds Robert Pattinson ugly. She's not a fan, particularly not in this yeah. film. Maybe back in the um, the Twilight days, I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen Twilight, and I, I've haven't I haven't seen many films with him in it. But I've never given him, him much. I think whatever I've seen, perhaps I was um, lukewarm about. Uh, yeah, totally. But he was quite captivating in this. I really liked him. I did too. I thought he played the role really, really well. I mean, he's always been kind of, sort of, I don't know. Um, drippy in his previous roles like just sort of drippy <laughs> yeah. and pasty and i don't know yes. a, little, a little creepy but uh he, he plays a stronger individual in this mm. and he's got flaws that are relatable and i just thought he did a great job of it you know yeah yeah i agree a good a good casting choice which you know i think everything i've seen so i've only seen the two films but uh, all the choices from Eggers are really solid in in the two films, I think. So, and, oh, and his next yeah. film sounds incredible as well. I haven't heard what it is. What? Tell me about that. Uh, it's called The Northman mm. Viking Black mythology. I don't know. What? Uh, not. Actually, maybe iPhone not. style. <laughs> <laughs> Shot on an iPhone. <laughs> it's going to be square formatting so that you can watch it on Instagram. Yeah. Let me just Does it look. sound the same? Does it sound like the third of a trilogy? It feels like it definitely is in the same style. We're gonna—it's probably going to be filled with uh, dialogue that are, 
that's ta- taken from references from the time. Um, yeah. It's probably going to be bleak, filled with m- sort of magic from the time, I'm guessing. These are all guesses, but... yeah. Viking Revenge Saga set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. That's what we're doing. Yeah, there you go. It's got Same film. Yeah, same film. Same so film. Is- it sounds a little more epic though. I mean, yeah. so far he's he's both of his films have been have a low budget feel to them. Like this one was mm. a two-hander. Um yeah. The Witch is a cabin in the woods, basically. So, you know, with a very small cast. Yeah. Uh both low budget scripts. Um this one this one set in Iceland, just that alone. Um Vikings costumes. It sounds like it could be a a, a more epic story. Um, and that we've could, got could, the scars. We've got two of the Skarsgård brothers. How many of them are there? They seem to be pop up in everything. There's a lot of them. I think there's a, a Skarsgård in every film. There's the Skarsgård elder. I can't remember his name at the moment. Who's a brilliant actor, the father, and then uh, I feel Tarzan. like Tarzan no, that's, was a Skarsgård. Yeah, exactly. He's he's one of the sons. Yeah. So this has him in it, Alexander, and it has Bill as well, who who played It recently, played the clown in It. Uh, I watched the first few minutes of It and then just said, no, I just cannot do this. <laughs> really? That's the the, the new yeah. uh, the remake. Yeah, the yeah. remake. You know, that the, the original of It scared me and informed my tastes for horror a little bit, I think, when I was a kid. Uh, and it's always stuck with me in a good way. In a good a way, found, a foundational way. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though watching it back now, it you know, all of those Stephen King six four to six hour you know double video a VHS cassette, <laughs> yeah. what, you know, things that you used to get, they're all great in a way. Yeah. They're all kind of cheesy and shit in a way as well. But there's an appeal there. I don't know. I, I can still watch them. I can still watch yeah. them and enjoy them on on some level. So I, I take it that's not a reference for you today. No, no, it's not. No, um, he's got Willem Dafoe again in the Northman, and he's well, got the actress that was in The Witch, the lead. Oh wow, interesting. And Anya Taylor Joy. Mm. Well, for starters, why wouldn't you have Willem Dafoe if you if you now uh, have his have his number? You'd call, I'd be calling him every night. I'd I'd, I'd ditch you on this show. I'd have um, <laughs> uh, Willem in the dock. Oh my God. I'd listen to that. So oh. I wouldn't, I, I just, I don't know or, how or, he didn't or Bar- get. Or Baron and the Foe. <laughs> yeah. so. Hey, that's good. <laughs> um, he, I don't know how he didn't get nominated for an Academy Award for this. I just cannot mm. figure that out. He was so good. Yeah. How'd that, how, I just like, I, I can't even remember who was nominated this year now, but off, off the top of my head, but he was so good. I just can't see why he wasn't in there. True. He's an actor though, and the um, it's what actors do to one extent, um, right? Uh, so was he working with a a brilliant script, or was it just his performance of it? Ah, uh, and it is such you know what he's such a character actor as well, and this was mm. a this was a character character, right? This was a big character. Yeah, he could lean right into that that sailor accent. They love and, it, these people. Yeah. yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> that's what they do. He could lean into all of it. There was so much there for him to work with, mm. but he destroyed it. It was great. He completely destroyed it. Yeah. Um, and the way they, like the chemistry between them, I thought was was right because it was it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I love the way the you're not sure where you're, you know, who's sane and who's, and who's crazy. You know, yes. Uh, like for starters, it's obviously the. Um, the Pattinson character that's you know come into this crazy place, but that just 
it's and it's mainly his descent into madness, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but you're never sure, are you? No. And and Defoe seems to be engulfed in the madness, but mm. having but having embraced it so fully and being let in on the secret somehow, he mm. can still perform at like a he can still. Do his, do, <laughs> no, he's a, he's a heavy heavy drug user that can, <laughs> exactly. you know, a functioning addict. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. and it, and <laughs> and so it's great. I mean, you start off the film, and I mean, the whole film is Robert Pattinson's film. It's it's through his perspective, right? Mm. Um, but you start off going, um, "Wow, this guy's in a in a dodgy situation. Um, what could possibly?" Be going on here what's willem defoe's what's what's wrong with his character what's he hiding and by the end of the film you you're you're then questioning whether or not you have an unreliable narrator yeah in, in pattinson and if he's actually the one that's all messed up and actually defoe's character is totally innocent in this uh it's great well, well you do have an unreliable narrator don't you yeah. because he he says he's somebody and then he's not right so yes he's full he's fooled us as well as um Defoe, um, and then the, the fact like names are important, and the fact that he has the first the same first name when he finally reveals it mm. as Willem Defoe. That like, I think we we were already thinking a little bit is Defoe is kind of you know what he will become. You know, um, yes, he's, he's seeing his future, and then when you well things start breaking down, and it, or you know you're not sure what's real and what's not, and there's mermaids and stuff. Then when you realise that they've got the first same first name. I started thinking, oh, hang on. Well, are they really the same person? And yeah. is this a a Fight Club sort of dual personality type thing where where it's actually just someone toying with themselves? You know what, man? That could that could totally be what this is. Hmm. That could be one explanation for this film. And the fact that you that's a that's a completely plausible concept. Yeah, premise. You could read this, it like for that film. for sure. You could totally. Yeah, and, and I think I half did. I yeah, half right. did. That without you know. Uh, and then I guess then he's burying himself at the end, burying the old me. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Or and then the young ones in a, in a similar situation, like he's mm. he's on the beach, the same fate every single day with the bird pecking out his guts. Yeah, is going to happen, and that you could you could read that as um, that's what this job has done to him. You know, that's what yeah. this job is. Wow, and it's not just not just the two of them. Like there's that whole ghost of sailors past or ghost of you know, um, lighthouse wikis, wikis past. Is that what they call them? Wikis. Wikis, yeah. I guess yeah. they light the wick. Light the wick. Um, yeah. You know, with the old with the seabird, with the eye missing, there's obviously been a, a million of these guys um, uh, doing that job. What and- a messed up job. I kept thinking oh, the awful. whole way through the film is like people have and particularly used to have jobs like this. Mm. There are a lot of people that just had these crazy jobs we're going to send a guy out there because <laughs> the cargo on our ships is too important to lose we're going to send a couple dudes out there into the ocean on yeah. this tiny little spit of rock where they can spend months and months and uh if a storm comes they the bad luck they're just going to be there for a bit longer yeah it's crazy what a crazy job i loved at the start when when you see the the two the the, the two that they're relieving the shift for yeah, you know, the, there's. Uh, I just thought that was a great bit of storytelling that just says so much about the setup. Two men, you know, leaving the their post. Two more coming in, so you you get a sense that this is how the job works. That you know, this is a long thing that they're 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 going in for. And 
reminds me of what's that Warner Brothers cartoon where the dogs take shifts um, to look after the sheep and they clock on and clock off? Clock off. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> Hello, Ralph. Hello, Fred. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. That's cool. How about the sound and the score? You know what? I don't think I even remember the score at all. Maybe no, vaguely, I- but it's it. Uh, I think I was so drawn in by the imagery and by the performances that mm. I didn't hear much else. Uh, well, I, I definitely noted the sound design that was I ever think present. That's probably what I'm referring to more: the sound design and particularly the um the horn. You mm. know that that constant yeah. like it's worked a bit the same as the the four three aspect ratio for me. Just not only is there no space in the lighthouse, so there's no space in the in the frame, but there's no mental space from that bloody horn. Um, is it a horn? Or yeah, a, it's like a foghorn. Foghorn. Just goes all um, the time. Goes all the time. He played it enough to get the sense that they've, they've got to live with this all the time but without actually completely destroying your viewing experience. <laughs> that's that's right, yeah. No, that was, that, that was well done. It was there enough to be annoying. And to mm. understand how annoying that would be if that was your soundtrack for life, basically. Uh, <laughs> but but you're right. He held back. He, he peppered it through just the right spots. Uh, I think it may be, and I'd have to watch it again to tell if this is right, but it, it may be played in to the moments of uh, sort of disarray or uncertainty or mm. anxiety. That's when the horn would be the most present. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, just as a punctuation to them. Yeah. Yeah, or a just, highlighter. Exactly. Yeah. Robert's mind is messed up right now. <laughs> Cue the horn. They got really messed up towards the end, yeah, with all that stuff they were drinking and. Oh my God, when they moved to the Terps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That did. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not good. That is not good. With a bit of honey in there for flavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that was crazy, like uh, visually, visually crazy. Like you can just, it just all went to complete chaos, not partial chaos. It was just uh, fun to watch, I thought. Absolutely. And the house fills with water. Mm. They're floating around. Parasite style. Yep, absolutely. Considering that you're basically on a tiny little bit of rock in the ocean with a, uh, a hut, like a mm. keeper, like a wiki's hut, I guess, and a lighthouse. Yeah, that has a little bit of an engine room or something attached to it, and that's it. They, they, he did a great <laughs> job of making the sets change and feel fresh, and um, and to feel like there there was order at the start, and it all devolves into chaos by the end. Yeah, true. It was well done. Yeah, true. Because it was dirty and cramped and everything at the start, but it was still everything was in its place, wasn't it? Yeah. There was a there was a uh, a power stru- a, a proper power stru- structure, you know, there was there was order, there was they they would eat eat together and it would be um you know tense and what's the etiquette here? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But that didn't last. What uh, else? You know what? I've never seen a I've never seen a mermaid betrayed that way. Like a, ah, like a, the mermaid. You know, you, you um you've seen plenty of sexy mermaids along the way and there's mm. you know that Imagery's out there, but to have the whole mermaid vagina moment um, and <laughs> the way the way that I don't know, the guys basically jerking off both of them to mermaids at different parts yeah. in the film. I'd never seen it sort of so graphic before. Uh, I think I think I 
I can't remember it very well, but um, can I mention another film if I'm pretty sure that have yeah, you got go any mermaid it. references in your no. films? The Little okay. Mermaid. <laughs> the Little Mermaid. Maybe that's not the, the most no. appropriate. Um, so really there's Splash and then there's um, I was thinking The Splash. Lure. Have you seen The Lure? No. I, again, can't remember it very well, but it's um, a really cool film and it's a bit sexy and has a couple <laughs> of mermaids that look a bit more mermaid-ish, like, you know, like that one with real scales and yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm not. Gonna I always, I always never about. understood mermaids on one level. Um, in that the, the lower half is a fish, the top half half is is a usually a gorgeous woman with you know mm. nice boobs, inside mm. clamshells or something. <laughs> um, I don't. I just. I just suppose when I thought about it yeah. in the past, I was like, what happens when the mermaids and the guys get together? You know, and like, what are You've the guys thinking? This. Yeah, I have. I'm like, what if the guys, these old sailors, right? And you know, yeah. they're they're dreaming of mermaids. I guess they're on the ocean. They're lonely. They're looking for some female attention. They they've dreamed up a mermaid. Yeah. But at some point, they're like, you know, when things move past first and second base, like, what are we doing here? But, like, but, how's this all going to work? Typically, do they move past first and second base? <laughs> I, guess, the I guess they don't. I guess they don't. I, I would imagine that it would be the the um the concept of the mermaid that's probably. More alluring than you know <laughs> than the actual um, date night. True, but these but these are guys, right? At a certain point, they're going. They're thinking like, well, where does this? Where's this going to go? You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> or yeah. am I just going to end up with like a serious case of blue balls? And <laughs> with, what are we doing here? Who are the wikis? What are we doing here, mermaid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. I'd, I just thought it was interesting because all those questions are answered in the lighthouse. If you want to know what happens, watch the lighthouse. You know, I think I need to rewatch <laughs> it with that in mind because I don't think I, I, I gave full uh, my full attention to the mermaid story. I actually kind of thought it was a bit underdone. Like it was, we yeah we were introduced to her on the beach, and I thought she might have more to do with it. Yeah, but- not really. Uh- other than being sort of dangled in front of you as the maybe monster, maybe curse, cursor of this island, mm. but then that never really pays off. Yeah, but but that mm. was a good sort of, I'll say, juxtaposition. <laughs> it's an awful word. Yeah. Um, but of those, the menacing nature and the sexy nature of her in, in one, uh, I don't know what, what it was meant to do, but I got that vibe from her. So when I've thought about this film after watching it, the thing that keeps coming back to me is that the guy's... So it was Robert and his brother Max who wrote it. They mm. didn't I don't think they really honestly knew what they were where they were going with it and that in their mind was okay. They just went, yeah. well, let's just put together these ideas. We've got some great concepts here. And basically what we're gonna do is hang those around as decoration and sort of distractions, while what we're really doing is making an identity drama where these two men are gonna you know, get to the, we're going to get to the root of who they really are and they're going to, they're going to bump heads and, and one of them will end up killing the other. You know, that's. Yeah. That's exactly my reading. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I Uh, mean, I don't, I don't don't think they knew. And the end result, because it's so beautifully done, the end result is really good. Yeah. It kind of doesn't matter. Right. Except that you, except that there's still that, that question (laughs) that you go, you walk away with. Completely agree. And some people will hate that. Some people will, will be very turned off. By that, yeah, and some people will will love it because they'll be so you know uh, drawn into the the fact that it feels like it's meant to be heavy and yeah intelligent. So sometimes you just assume 
that they the, the the filmmakers know what they're doing. You assume that they're much smarter than you, right? Uh, so wow, that must be awesome. It, it feels like it's meant to be awesome. It feels like it means something. So yeah. it must. There's a meaning there, I'm sure. I'm just missing yeah. it because the filmmakers are smarter than me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, that's fine too. That's yeah. fine. Overall, I'm okay with that. I can go with it. It, it actually made me think a little bit about my own my own films and my own scripts. Yeah. And um, it made me think we don't have to answer all the questions, you know, like we can leave a lot unsaid. Mm. I feel like this is riding the edge of of how much is acceptable to leave unsaid. I think it's right teetering on the edge of falling over. Uh, but I'm intrigued by that. I think that's cool. There's something to learn from that. Yeah, I I almost think this is a weird comment, but I almost think they didn't leave enough unsaid. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's it was this weird. Like I said before, I felt like the like the witch, for example, tied it up in a bow a bit too much at the end with too conclusive. Uh, okay, well, this is what happens now. Um, this one didn't quite do that, but it's still sort of finished somehow. Like yeah. I think I would have preferred some. Uh, it a bit. It, it finished and it it left things un, unknown as to the meaning, but they were still finalized somehow. I thought. Yeah. Um, and interesting. Which bits? Which bits were finalized for you? Because was it the fact that he saw he got to the flame, or was it that final image that kind of messed you up of him being eaten? Yeah. Or was it before that? Uh, look, I think it was. I just had a had a feeling of okay. Here is my art. You work out what it means. Like yeah. it's fin- here's my art finished. You work out what it means. So it had the feel of okay, now it's handed over to me to interpret. Um, whereas sometimes I just when it's so um, when there are so many loose ends all throughout it, I just rather I'd rather them have finished just looking at looking at each other and you wonder where this relationship is going to go from here, yeah. rather than all the actual action to try and. Uh, get a climactic moment. And I think a film like this, you could take it so many ways. That's Mm. the thing. Once you make that decision that you're not going to tie things up and you're not going to do a traditional sort of Hollywood story, suddenly the options available to you are great. And I mean, that is one of the things that I really appreciate about this filmmaker. He's taking these risks. It's cool to see. And he's a ripper, despite all the film student jibes. Totally. I think he's a, I'm so happy he's around and making this stuff because it makes you think. I look forward to what he does next. I can't wait to see the next film because so far the first two have been great. Yeah, agree. I don't know how many times we can say agree, but I'll say it once Agree. More. I agree, agree too. <laughs> I agree. Let's stop saying agree. And I shall we talk? agree. <laughs> shall we talk about our references? Should we move on to the things that remind us of, of this wonderful film, The Lighthouse? Yes, but I think we should recharge our drinks first and I'll tell yeah. you what I'm drinking in a sec. Welcome back. <laughs> For those people at home who can't obviously see us, uh, Baron has had a haircut. Could you explain that haircut for me? Like it's yeah. going to say, you know, 2020 take on a mohawk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> What did you ask for? I said, let's get some clippers yeah. and you give me a haircut. That's what I asked for, a haircut. And then my wife did the, Edie did the, uh, ah. she did the clippers all over, right? At like 21, I think it is, like long. Yeah. Long yeah. for clippers, about as long as they can go. Uh, so I got my base 
top length, right? <laughs> yeah. And then she went on the sides and tried to do some tapering, barber style. And yeah. so she did like a two for a little bit and then she did like a three <laughs> and then a four and then a f- like five I think we ended up on near, near yeah. the top. Then she got the scissors out and cleaned up all the daggy bits at the back. And then the other day we she refreshed it and it became a two on the sides all wow. over instead of the tapering gizmo because that wasn't really great. So. So it's become more it's become more like a lesbian's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and, I reckon it's uh, rocking. <laughs> this is a corporate guy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I know. And I That's was what in, lockdown lockdown has done to us. Totally. I was in the office the other day and yeah. had to do some filming with the CEO unexpectedly. And I was wearing <laughs> actually the jumper I'm wearing now, it's got skull and, skulls and crossbones oh, on. Oh no. It. And <laughs> And and my my new um, lesbian mohawk and uh, he didn't say a word. He was he was good with all of it. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> that would be amazing. What are you drinking, Baron? I am drinking. This is uh, it was on sale. Mm. Fat pixie hard ginger beer. It's like hard hard ginger beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's alcoholic ginger beer, but they've spiced it up with extra alcohol. It's yeah, each, each well, can is should. 2.3 standard drinks, so there you go. What are you drinking? What, what's that in percentage in the can, does it say? Uh, well, actually, it's only 8%. It's not that hard. It's probably okay. it probably starts out, out at 5 and they just top it up a bit. Yeah. I think you need that, though. Like, if you're going to do some damage really quickly, you need to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to top it up. Otherwise, you get bloated, you know, before you Exactly. Works. You're full of bubbles. Who wants that? <laughs> well, what, what am I drinking? I am drinking... Lemon cordial and soda stream, oh, um, <laughs> sparkling water. What's going on? I'm dry July. I'm calling it June <coughs> June June tune. So June, I'm on a health tune for the month. A tune up. A tune up. Are you uh, eating vegetables as well? No, no, I'm not eating vegetables. Don't go crazy. Just eating less, less chips, less Red Bulls. <laughs> no, so I haven't had a Red Bull for the whole so month. So actually, less vegetables. Because you were at least eating potatoes before. Yeah, and no, definitely, definitely less vegetables. <laughs> I think I'm becoming that. Um, what do they call it? The Jordan Peterson, Peterson, and people are um, um, the carnivore kind of, diet. You're becoming a carnivore diet guy. Is that what they call it? Yeah, where well, you just mm. eat meat, and it's not even keto because keto has other things like vegetables in it. This is serious carnivore. Yeah, meat, I, meat only. Like I'm not meat only, but like you know, I'll just you're getting there. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be meat only. I'm trying to have the odd veggie. But, um, you know, if you've only got so many calories to work with in the day, I say just eat what you want until <laughs> you get there. Ah, uh, so you're calorie counting as well. I'm calorie counting. Yeah, <clears throat> Dude, so I, I can rough. eat some crap, but, you know, then I just stop. What are you on? How many calories a day can you have? Oh, it's uh, 1,500 supposedly. Okay, so what normal is like two and a, two and a bit, is it? 2,200 or 2,500 or something like that? I'm not sure, but like fifteen hundred is actually fine. Yeah, like you can get by, and I try and do it. I try and get down to twelve hundred sometimes, wow. which is which is also fine. And if you if you do some exercise, you go for a run or something, and that um you know you get that credit, <laughs> so you get yeah. like four hundred calories. Oh wow, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to? Oh, eat? so it figures that out for you. It gives you a credit mm. for exercise because yeah. you burnt it off. Yeah, so I, I try see. and be twelve hundred net. So you find yourself running a whole bunch and then stopping at McDonald's on the way back to the house. Yeah, yeah <laughs> correct. Then you get awesome. more hungry, so you've got to run again. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, I'll be back to my old self, you know, next episode, I reckon. Awesome. It's a good thing to do every now and again. I, I thought during COVID I'd become fit, but it hasn't happened. Yes. I've well, become worse, actually. Exactly. That's what I thought. I thought, wow, yeah. 
all these excuses of no no time to to go for a run before work you know yeah um didn't no, play out didn't play out but anyway yeah, it, so. it is for me a little bit now i think i'm getting better i'm saying okay this is crisis stage i need to sort out yeah it's become the new normal so you have to adjust now mm. or else things are going to go downhill quickly so i can't wait to hear what the lighthouse reminded you of, Baron. Um, I think it could go any direction. I have some money on a film or two that you're going to say. Oh, can't I wait. I can't wait to see if that plays out. out. I'll, I'll, I'll see if... Well, there's one film in particular I reckon you're going to say, but uh, I think I've think I've thought you're going to mention it before, but um, you haven't. So hmm. um, let's see how that goes. But why don't you why don't you start? What what did the lighthouse well, remind you of? The Lighthouse. I'm going to say what it, I'm going to say one that I'm just going to cross off my list first okay. before I jump into it. I'm going to cross The Witch off because yeah, it's obvious, right? <clears throat> but it did remind me a lot of The Witch, <laughs> of course. Yeah, um, me too. But it's obvious, so I'm, I'm crossing that off the list straight away. The film I am going to talk about is so my two references today uh, that I'm going to bring are both actually f- they're two of my top ten films. So that's exciting. I think we're going to cross over with one. That's my other tip. Okay. All right, got, cool. I have two. I'm going to write them on a piece of paper now. I think I know two references of yours. Ooh. Keep going. Ooh. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off then with the one that's less obvious. How about that? Okay. Dead Man. Dead Man. Did you? Uh, Johnny Depp score yes. by Neil Young. The most amazing score in a film, possibly ever. Big call. Yeah. But I love that score. Dead Man, Jim Jarmusch. I chose Dead Man for a couple of reasons. One, we've got a black and white film here. That's the obvious reason. Um, but they're both, both films are chosen to be shot in black and white. And I think it was a really clever choice for both films because both are in a way showing us a part of the world that is foreign to us. It's Mm. from another time, it's from another world in a way. And uh, the, the black and white shows us that it's sort of alien and in the past, but also there's something familiar about it and it draws us in when it's done well. And in both films, it has been done well. Mm. Um, So yeah, there was the black and white cinematography and then on top of that we've got a film that uh, is essentially a two-hander that is steeped in a kind of mythology. Yep. Um, and in Dead Man it's about um, Johnny Depp's character whose name is William Blake and an Indian <laughs> man who was taken away to the UK when he was a boy and became really familiar with William Blake's, Blake's poetry and has decided that this man played by Depp is actually the reincarnation of William Blake and he has this sort of uh, dream journey planned for him. And so I felt like with um, Johnny Depp's character and also with Robert Pattinson's character that you've got two people who have, are pulled into a world, they're out of their depth and it's steeped in mythology and they're almost fated, both of them, to come to a conclusion based on this mythology that they have no power, no matter what they do, of getting out of. That is an amazing reference and it's not not the one I'd picked for you, so you got <laughs> cool. me again. Cool. Uh, it's more expansive, isn't it, though? The, it doesn't have the claustrophobia of 
Pattinson's journey. It's that is a, true, but it's yeah uh, the same same type of type of thing. And it, the more I thought about it, because I think I started off with the black and white photography. That's why it mm. kicked into. That's why it appeared in my head in the first place. The more I thought about it, the more I saw the parallels. Did you watch it again? Uh, no, I didn't. I've seen that film so many times. I didn't yep. feel like I had to. Um, and the other thing too is the Indian uh, in the Indian character in Dead Man. Uh, has these amazing speeches that mm. are very they're like riddles because they're they're half William Blake poetry half yeah. sort of Indian uh, philosophy is this a lie or a white man's trick no I'm William Blake and you are a dead man you get the same kinds of speeches from Willem Dafoe yeah. where he's imparting this great sort of wisdom that you can barely make sense of, but you know it's yeah. deep. You, you know? gotta, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, translate. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. That's a, what a, what one to kick it off with. I love it. Have you, so when, when did you see Dead Man? Oh, has, it, has it been a while? Years and years and years. Oh, how old's the film? It's probably the nineties, is it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Interesting I would have seen that it. everyone remembers the score. That score really mm. stood out to me. Yeah, I, I remember the feel of it. Um, I remember that Johnny Depp's performance was understated for Johnny Depp. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that it was quite stirring, but I don't remember the specifics of the, the plot line or anything. Um, he he was just taken along on the journey with. Yeah, something like he sort of uh, he he like arrives a, like, in a sort of end of the the train line town in yes in the Midwest right or the West. That's right. And uh, he he's from the East. He's got his suit on, and like from his first day moment off the train, everything just goes wrong. He, he the mm-hmm. job he was there for is no longer available. He um, shacks up with the wrong girl. Her <laughs> gets shot loses all of his possessions and ends up half dead out in the middle of nowhere just because yep. he's he's had to flee for his life. Uh, and what he doesn't realise is that the girl that he was shacking up with is um, the daughter of the most rich dude in the town who then sends three bounty hunters after him. Uh, yep. And he just happens to meet up with this Indian fellow called Nobody who um, decides he's William Blake reincarnated and takes him on this like journey and he's 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 in control of nothing the whole way through except yeah. that over the the course of the film he starts to accept that he has to go with whatever's happening around him yeah yeah and that that's where his strength comes in i think the last time i thought about dead man because the, the bit that i do remember is that train journey at the start i remember <laughs> yeah. johnny depp on the train Yep, and Crispin Glover's in there being weird as usual. <laughs> but I, I remember thinking of that scene when watching the start of Westworld. Mm, yeah, you know when they're on the train, like starting the experience into the the fake landscape. Um, that was great. That made me think of Dead Man when I saw that that yeah. scene in a big way. That was great. Yeah, perhaps we need an episode on um, on trains because <laughs> I'm now thinking of all the great train scenes you know what we should do though one of these days we should do an episode on some of our favorite films where we should just step away from yeah. the new films and and delve into some of our favorites yes because this is, I this think is we in my top do a bit 10. of that we do a bit of that anyway you've just done one that's true absolutely 
All right. Well, over to you, Doc. Okay. Give us, give us your first reference for The Lighthouse. You got two in the last one, didn't you? You kind of just glossed over the witch, so you mentioned the witch. So I feel I can have a slight double header here. Totally. Go for it. Okay. Well, for starters, The Lighthouse reminded me of a play by Jean-Paul Sartre called No Exit. Now, that's where the, the premise is there's these three people um, find themselves in this room or this ho- hotel room, I think it is, and it's just the three of them and they, they're wondering why they're there and they interact with each other and basically arrive at the fact that they're in hell. Um, and the, uh, this play is, is where the, um, you'll see it on bumper stickers sometimes, the, the quote, hell is other people. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's that's where this comes from. Oh, it's like I love one of the it. Main lines of the play, and the whole thing is being trapped in a spot. Like it's kind of like the waiting room, <laughs> the, the limbo, limbo sort of period. So anyway, that's the backstory. So firstly, it reminded me of that, but the film that it reminded me of was The Exterminating Angel by Louise Benwill. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. Wow, you got me. I'm you got me stuck. twice. So this is a cracker. Also black and white, so it's you know it's it was in 1962, so it's a while ago. But I think it was also a stylistic choice to be black and white as well. So it's got that you know it could have been in color in 62. Yeah. Um, uh, low budget. I think it was relatively early in his career. He's Spanish and fled to Mexico, I believe. Um, but the whole the the premise of it is there's these upper crust people at a dinner party at this this couple's house and they 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 have having their dinner party and then they go to leave and none of them can leave they don't know why but they just can't leave i love that concept that's so cool yeah so they're all they're all stuck in this house and it basically becomes like lord of the flies right. uh, where they just go from all these social norms to everything breaking down and violence people die there's there's these inexplicable um, magical moments where people are losing their marvels and seeing things. They play with time so that they don't know if they've been there for three days or, you know, three months or forever, which is very much like The Lighthouse. Such a cool concept. Yeah. yeah. Why hasn't this been remade? Like, you know, mm. I get I get tired of the remakes, but a film like this, I've never even heard of it and- um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that haven't. This feels like it's prime for remaking. Wow! Yeah, you could you could do anything with that concept. And it's, yeah, totally. And you could do it in a way that like that yeah. honors the original, but is its is its own modern take on it. Yeah, his was a comment on on the up. He was a bit of a um, socialist, I think. Yeah. Okay. And it was a comment on the upper bit classes of class. and the fact that yeah. they don't know what the hell they're doing. The, the servants actually left so that all the, oh, great. The, at the start of it, so they were left um, having to just use their own intelligence and between them couldn't work out how to how to leave the house. Um, <laughs> There's something fun about the idea of upper class people who have served on all the time finding themselves in a kind of hell where yeah. they, have to, they have to sort of lower themselves to mm. survive. There's something fun about that. Yeah, they, they end up like making a campfire in this house and, you know, trying to knock down the walls and yeah, um, when all they actually have to do is is um open the door. I almost feel like that that theme is no never more important than it is right now. 
You know, you could, that's mm. such a, that, that's a comment, a film that's like a comment that would work now perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Maybe it should be made. Yeah. Mm. It could, it could be great. made. It could be a short film, you know, because it, it dragged on. It, it didn't need to. Sure. Um, there was this great bit. Uh, I'll just mention one, one little moment that just stood out and at, towards the start of the film, there's, they're they're all assembling and they're they're at the dinner table and you're not yet you're not don't yet know that this is going to get get all wacky uh, and just the one of the first of many clues that it's going to be wacky is when the host I think he has a toast or introduces someone or, or just says says something memorable to the table and and then about a minute later he gets up and delivers exactly the same line. Por la deliciosa noche que nos ha ofrecido nuestra amiga Silvia con su estupenda creación de Anodia Virgen de la Mermud. Great, that's and great. I you know just nearly fell just... off the chair. I just thought, wow, this is this is going to be a ride. This means that all the rules are out. I love it, that. Anything can happen. Oh man, that would work so. That just works so well. What a clever idea to just signify that the world has now tilted on its axis, and yes. you just—it's all up for grabs. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, great device, and that—that that was the—that was the in the first ten minutes, and it was the highlight of a film full of highlights. I love it. Ah hmm. oh, man, I also love that you've brought me another film that I haven't seen. That's yeah, cool. we we really need to come back to the films that we've told each other. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I reckon in a, in a few episodes we should do an episode where we talk about the films that we've – maybe not uh, all of them because there's been quite a few, but maybe we choose two or three each Yeah, that we've said, oh, I haven't seen that and we'll cover them. That would be great. Great idea. Yeah. Awesome. Because I, I, there's so many that you've mentioned that I just, I'm just dying to see now. Yeah, same. Or same. rewatch. And, and what's the point of this if we don't go back and watch some of these? Yeah, True. Okay, and I'm so excited about that one because there's part of me that feels like that needs to be retold. That that story. Mm, no, it'd be a ripper to retell now. Mm. Uh, and uh, Luis, I think most people say Louis Benuel, Benuel, but I think it's I think it's got to be Luis because he's Spanish, right? He's not French. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, um, but once you get onto this one, like he's got a, I don't know if you've seen any of his others, but there's um, no. He does some just some awesome things. Uh, that ob- obscure object of desire. He did the discreet charm of the b- bourgeoisie. Uh, anyway, another day. Love it. That's cool. Awesome. Back to you. So, and we're only going to do two each today, yeah? Yeah, let's do two because we're spending a bit more time with each, and I think that's a good idea. Yeah, we, we, we would. T- we were kind of feeling and we got some feedback that maybe we were moving on a little bit fast from each reference in the past. So mm. this gives us a bit more time to spend with it. And already I'm looking at the time that we've recorded. This episode might run a little long. But that's all right. Okay. So, we might cut a bit of time by having the same reference here. That's possible. Ooh, imagine. Imagine. So you go. Okay. So this is one of my other, no, nay, this is my all-time favorite film. Wow. This is top of my list. This film reminds me of The Shining. <laughs> Bingo. Yes, is that the one? Uh, is that not, the one you thought I was going to say? Yeah, it's not the one that is the same as mine, oh, but it's wow. the one I thought you were going to say and I didn't say it because I, I 
I knew you'd say it. Good. Classic. I love it. Yeah. All-time Thank favorite film goodness. still. And yeah, rightly so. Yeah, it's great. And now, now it's my turn to say a Kubrick film. Good. Kim Logan. I will um, listen. <laughs> so I don't even know if I need to explain what The Shining's about. I think everyone knows The Shining. It's such a classic. But we are watching the descent of a man into madness via a force in a house, a hotel in that case, or an island in this case, that seems to be bent on making this man mad and moving it towards its desire. And I think that's that's the key of it, right? Yeah. We even have in this film, in the lighthouse, an incredible sort of fireman's axe moment, which is mirrored so beautifully with The Shining, where mm. when it's time to get to murdering, <laughs> you know, which inevitably yeah. <laughs> is going to happen, it's the axe and it's yeah. the old limping trudge sort of through the through the building, swinging the axe madly. I just, I just couldn't not think of The Shining, you know? Um, and also The Shining wonderfully doesn't explain what the monster is, why the monster mm. is, what it's after. It leaves a lot of questions. And it has th- those little dream flashbacks and little moments like that, you know, littered throughout it. So, yeah, I think there's a lot that probably Eggers had in, on his mind and you can't sort of, if you're making anything even remotely horror, you can't not think of The Shining at some point. Yeah, but it's a perfect one for this one in particular. Mm. And any, actually any any film that descends to madness, that's, that's the, it's the, it's the reference, isn't it? Totally. And in both, I think it's the performance that drives it. You know, Jack Nicholson, I don't think there's a better performance of anybody in anything. His performance in The Shining is incredible. Like I just mm. can't get enough of it. I've seen that film so many times. And every time I'm just blown away by all of the little quirks and the little ticks and the almost it's it borders on over the top melodramatic sort mm. of acting the whole way through. And yet it's totally believable every second of it. And it's and it's unique and 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 wonderful. Yeah. And you've what got is that? The- it's incredible. I think you get Jack Nicholson and Kubrick together and that's where you get some kind of magic. Yeah. And and I guess with the um with the curveball of um, what's her name? I've had a blank. The- <clears throat> I've had a blank as well. She's she's one of those people that is so annoying. Shelley in the film, but it's so incredible at the same time. Shelley, uh, Shelley Duvall. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, annoying. But just that curveball that unnerves you a little because she's a bit odd and different. And yeah. uh, Defoe has a habit of, a habit of doing that. Um, yeah. Because you're just not, you're not sure what what he's going to do next. Both him as an actor and also that character. You don't know which way it's going to turn. What do you want to talk about? I I can't really remember. You can't remember. There's there's so many parallels with with um, Lighthouse and Shining though, isn't there? I'm just thinking through it. Uh, you've got the journey to the isolated place. Yes, uh, which is snowed got, in. Versus, which is, yeah, yes, which is snowed in. Snow, stormed and, in in this case, yeah. Uh, and what else? You've, you've got him, yeah, gradually by degrees descending um, and then uh, haunted haunted by ghosts of the past. Yes. Both of yes. them, aren't they? And that's sort of what brings on the madness 
Absolutely. And a major theme of The Shining is that the past will catch up to you. Um, and Jack Jack is carrying around this this sort of abuse from his mm. childhood and then the abuse that he's passed on to his, his own son. Um, and this has the same thing. The lighthouse has this murder from the past. or this, It's not even really a murder. It's more like a, a death that was allowed to happen that follows yeah. Pattinson's character around. Killer film. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it to the table, Baron. Yeah, and I'm, I'm interested. It's interesting that you saw it coming. Well, I nearly, I nearly picked it myself. I just yeah, thought, cool. Um, that hasn't happened yet, but it could have happened here. <laughs> and I think the fact that you thought that I would do it is what stopped you, right? Uh, that and I thought I had two that were um, at least as good a reference for me because the the two that I I picked both came pretty much pretty much immediately to mind. Awesome. So we've got one left and it's mine. Is that right? Let's go back to you. We'll okay. do one. We'll do your last one. And then maybe if we have time, we'll do some honorable mentions, some others uh, that just good. popped into our heads. Yeah. Okay. My second and final one is Antichrist. By Lars von Trier. Oh, man, that's awesome. I haven't seen Antichrist, but I just hear so much about it <laughs> and I know I need to see it. So, like, if this is on, this has got to be on my list of things that we talk about in a few episodes. Yeah. Well, strap yourself in, though. You've got to be mentally prepared for Antichrist. Oh, man. Um, it is, it's heavy. Uh, now, okay, this is, this is tricky because this is a film that you need to see. Um, Don't worry. And I don't want to. I want to talk around it so that I um, don't destroy it. This is actually the one that I thought you might mention. So interesting. No, go for it because I, I've I've heard so much about it already. You're probably not yeah. going to say much that's going to surprise me. Okay. Well, well, for starters, Willem Dafoe is kind of buried alive in both films. <laughs> so wow. That's, okay. So that's, by the that's, way, how good was that scene in the lighthouse? You really felt it, didn't you? You, you, you felt the dirt in your mouth. It was going in his mouth and he just kept acting yeah. through it. I just thought that is. Like an actor. You know what? I reckon Willem Dafoe said, put it in the mouth. I want it in the mouth. <laughs> Don't hold back. <laughs> Come on, Eggers. I reckon he went for it. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking as well. Exactly <laughs> that. I just, uh, he was really getting into the character and knowing that every bit of dirt is uh, is one one step closer to that Oscar nomination that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The Fiddler's Green sent where no man is suffered. The want to toil and is ancient, beautiful and unchanging. The starting point of Antichrist is is that the this couple lose their child in dramatic, awful circumstances. The opening, it's called the prologue. So the, the film's one of those ones that has chapters, uh, which they're not always great, but it really works in this. And the prologue, prologue is done in this slow motion. Uh, I think it was the, you know, one of the first films perhaps that really has like super crisp, I don't know what you call it technically, but, you know, where the slow-mo just looks beautiful. Um, yeah, I've, I, I've heard, that's one of the things I've heard the most about this film is the look of is it, ha, um, the amazing slow-mo 
footage of animals and things yeah. like that. Okay. Well, and for that, that signals early on that this is going to be a visual sort of feast of a film, much like The Lighthouse. Uh, so you've got this couple, they, they lose the child, and the rest of it is uh, the, the wife, who's just known as she, Charlotte Gainsbourg, uh, falls into a deep depression, and her husband, Willem Dafoe, is a psychiatrist, and he basically treats her and uh, tries to, you know, get her back on the road to recovery. Um, in the process, he delves into what her fears are and uh, to try and make her confront her fears, and she has these fears of their little cabin in the woods called Eden. So that that draws them both to this little cabin called Eden where she goes to confront her fears. And from there, you've that's where the, the real two people stuck in a house situation starts and mimics the lighthouse. Uh, and they're both in there. You're, you're, you're mainly got his perspective of it because Lars von Trier is, is a you know, a uh, misogynist and only sees the, sees it from the male angle. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're basically with Willem Dafoe all the way. Uh, but it, you're sometimes not sure it kind of, you're not sure what to make of them both at times, which is similar again. And, and that just descends into this violent, chaotic craziness uh, that, you know, is, Along the lines of Pattinson and Defoe, you know, trying to get at each other in the lighthouse, but just a bit, a bit more full on. Feel the seat underneath you. Feel yourself sinking down into it, enfolding you. It's a nice feeling. All you feel is a pleasant warmth and heaviness. Imagine you're at Eden. Imagine you arrive at Eden through the woods. What friends you? I think he gives you too much medication. Doctor Wayne says you want me back home. Also, well, you've got to see this. I, I need to talk about it more. I'm not sure where to where to stop. I have a um, a friend who's also a and just does amazing. He's an amazing composer, Mark Early, and mm. he's back in Perth actually. And he loves this film. And every t- I reckon probably because f- we've you know done lots of those yeah. composer director meetings along the way, yeah. Um, as well as just catching up as mates. But he's he's always brought this film up like he, he loves it and i've heard all about the slow motion deer face mm. shots and things like that and melancholia has a lot of great cinematography and just sort of like surreal yep. slow motion stuff in it um so yeah i need to see it i need to see it is basically the short of that yeah i keep hearing about it i have to see it yeah and it's apparently I- incredibly disturbing this film it is so it 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 just leaves you just a bit rattled um and it's not for everyone <laughs> so you know maybe maybe awesome. watch it yourself <laughs> watch don't, it yourself don't first. invite Edie to this one yeah no, i think she could handle it but i i'd i'll yeah. run it by her because she wasn't a huge fan of the lighthouse it wasn't for her yeah which is interesting and and she also i don't think she was much of a fan of dead man either for similar reasons and so yeah does, does she like gory 
this is I'm not saying this is gory actually, but does she like violence both psychological and um <laughs> and physical like in films? She, she's a massive fan. She loves violence. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um she she's not opposed to it, no. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of man woman type comment in um in Antichrist. So so while you know, the lighthouse is the relationship between the men. This is very clearly a relationship between both these particular, this particular man and woman, and men and women in general, and human nature and the nature oh, of, okay. of women, the nature of men. Um, there's um, a whole lot of good and evil sort of play, obviously with Ant, the name Antichrist. Yeah. Um, you know uh, what? What is evil? There's there's a uh, probably has more to do more more in common even with the witch. Interesting. Like, as well as the lighthouse. You know, your description of of um, the Antichrist, and I haven't seen it obviously, mm-hmm. and you, but you, but just mentioning the man and the woman, talks of Eden, it's really reminding me of the film Mother, Darren, Ar- Darren Aronofsky's film. Yep. Is it anything like that? Does well, it have similar vibes? I, I've, I haven't seen The Mother yet. Uh, I love Darren Aronofsky or guardedly love him because I, I really like some stuff and not so right. much others. But, um, like the fountain, yeah, like the fountain. <laughs> I'm, I'm unsure about Black Swan as well. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, I think it, it, I don't mind it. I loved Requiem. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but I never want to see it again. In some ways, it's, it was so disturbing that film. Well, that's yes, and that's where Antichrist will give it a run for its money. Right. Okay. So, um, and probably I think Trumpet. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Great. Well, you know, but films like that. Um, you know, Requiem for a Dream will forever be with me. I yeah, just don't ever want to live it again. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I will always remember that film because it's amazing, but I just don't want to deal with it again. And so I'm down for that. I will I'll dig deep and go for Antichrist. If it's more dis- if it's more disturbing, fine. And but if it's the same sort of ride and it's that quality of experience, fine. I'm there all the way. Yeah. Let Let's save this one for that. That show that we're going to do when we sounds great actually watch watch each other's stuff. Yeah. Hey, so, so what do we got? We got well, that's uh, two each. Yeah, Antichrist, The Shining, uh, Dead Man, and what was the title of the and Exterminating Angel? Exterminating Angel. Awesome. Four absolute crackers. You've seen both of mine. I haven't seen both of yours this week. Yes, that's true. That's good mm. form from me. That's, yeah, that's good. Think that's I've done that before. Yep. Uh, although Dead Man is is a distant memory, so I'd I'd like to rewatch and talk about it sensibly. You know what? The Lighthouse is, and I think all of these films push. You know, they're not for everyone, mm. but they're all statements in a way, and I think that's cool. I like films that are statements. Hey, you had some bonus. You had some bonus picks, didn't you? Do you want to run through those quickly? I have a couple bonus ones. A couple of my bonus films, or one of them in particular, is Midsummer, and that is by Ari Esther. He is another one of these incredible, trippy horror film directors that has popped up in recent years mm. who is making amazing work, and I'd put him in the same basket as um, Eggers. I think they're both like those are two directors that every year I just can't wait to see what's going to come next. Okay. Well, I haven't seen that, so that's one another one for the list. Oh, it's, inc- it's an incredible film. It's similar in that it, it de- delves deeply into mythology. Uh, it's about a cult in, I believe it's Sweden somewhere. Sweden, mm. yes. And uh, 
it, basically these this group of young people think that they're going to visit their friend's hometown and what they don't realize is that he's he's basically a recruiter and he's gone out made friends and he's bringing them back because they need they need more breeding stock and more you know diversity in their in their little weird family in the hills in Sweden mm. and they all get just completely devoured by this cult and all the weird magic that goes on around it. It's an incredible film. Does it happen, is it almost a one scene, or not a one set piece, or is it expansive? It's It, it all happens around this little village that they've yeah. built, this little idyllic village filled with flowers and uh, good-looking, peop- healthy people, and they're all singing the whole time. That's horrific. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. Because what, what a few of our ones have had in common is the um, – is the single location. Mm, so you've got true. The, light, the lighthouse, exterminating angel, and the shining, at least. Yeah. Um, and for part of the Antichrist, uh, which do they call that um, a bottle film? You heard that? Never heard of it. I, I heard heard someone say that the other day um, in reference to Rope that we looked at last time. Yeah. Uh, a bottle film, re- referring to something that's, you know, like a one, uh, one room or. Interesting. I don't know what the origin is, but if you take it that that's what they're called, Exterminating Angel is also one, and um, you know, as are a lot of others. And I, I've always loved those uh, constricting the um, the space to work with, and just having to take, tell the story within a confined area. It's great, and and I guess while I'm talking about Ari Aster, I would also just mention his his first his debut feature, Hereditary, which is incredible. That um, rings a bell. It's another great horror. Yeah, another great claustrophobic horror film that is more about magic and occult magic and curses and so on. It's great. Worth checking out. Cool. Mm. I don't really have bonus ones. I feel I could, could reel off a few, but I, I won't. Um, but the only, only, other one, only other thing I'd mention is back to the mythology stuff, and we mentioned Sif- Sisyphus yeah. when we were talking earlier. The the myth of Sisyphus being the um, pushing the boulder up the hill and then having it fall down and just having to do it over and over again. If that wasn't explicitly uh, portrayed in the when Robert Pattinson's going up the stairs with the the barrel of oil, was it? Yes. <laughs> um, not not so much the repetition of it, but the fact that he had to push that all the way up to the top. Only to realise that you know it's he's got to take it back down again. Absolutely, um, and he, he he's he's constantly working on this place, and yet it's getting worse and yeah. getting more destroyed the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, it's great. I love yeah. it. Actually, one more, one more. While we're t- talking non-film references, um, it that same thing of a, a cyclical uh, Sisyphean <laughs> feel that that the lighthouse had. There's this song called Prometheus by this uh, artist, Wendy Rule. Yeah. Uh, she's not all that well known, but she's pretty cool. And she's a, she's a witch herself, like a Wiccan. Oh, person. really? So she does all these cool witchy, witchy stuff, like a good witch. <laughs> um, and a lot of her songs are based on, on mythology. And she's got this song Prometheus, which is where I first heard of Prometheus. Uh, and the, the, the line that repeats is feed on me, feed on me, feed on me and promise me I'll die.
that's what I always think of Prometheus being this uh, constantly <laughs> eaten by the by the birds with no escape in sight. Same with Sisyphus and the same with Robert Pattinson. That's so messed up, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> that's cool, though. That song is going in. Uh, that's going in. It's going to be in the episode. Well, I think that's a that's a cool way to wrap it up. We've gone longer than ever before on this episode, and that's fine. I don't think it's all going to make it in, Baron. Yeah, we'll see how we go. <laughs> Next time. Uh, so right. to wind this up, Baron, what have we chosen to to watch next time? So we've had the back and forth of over all the different titles that are available to to stream, and we've landed on something fresh. This has just come out on in Netflix on Netflix. Uh, it's Spike Lee's latest film, The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods with a duh with a da at the beginning. <laughs> more, more blokes, <laughs> I take it. Yes, it's more blokes. Even though we've we haven't we've got a bit of a record now um we're just taking we're just we're literally just going where the films take us right so yeah. but this looks interesting yeah that that's fair look we'll make it up to the to the women um yes sometime soon and we'll that's right i don't know how but <laughs> uh we nearly nearly chose emma didn't we 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 almost chose emma we talked about lady uh portrait of a lady on fire uh but we landed on the Five Bloods because it's so current. Yeah, it's spikely and it's got a great. It's getting great reviews. So you know, tantalizing. We need to see it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. This has been a pleasure, a longer pleasure than usual, but uh, a pleasure nonetheless. And absolutely, we'll talk next time, Baron. Yes. Yes, Doc. Have a good week or a couple of weeks until the next episode. Get yeah. some viewing done. Yes. Looking forward indeed. to seeing the Five Bloods. Yeah. Me too. See ya. All right. <laughs>